Hey everyone, welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm it's Dean Jama Fancast, and I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and we're very sleepy. Very sleepy. It's a sleepy day. Sleepy day, Aaron. Sleepy day. Well, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I went to bed at about four, and then I woke up at eight and went out to Banff. That's also when I went to bed. I also woke up at around eight, and I was like, "Hey, body, no." <laughs> what you doing? And I forced myself to remain in bed. Till I awoken, and I was like, mm, shouldn't have eat, should not have eaten pizza at midnight. <laughs> Bad choice. Oh, no. See, that was the fine choice. It was the staying up at four that was... You tried to leave before then. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I didn't leave at four, but I had to get home, and then I had to do other stuff. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. And then I had to drive, and then it was just a sleepy drive out to... <laughs> Did you Banff. have to drive the car? Or did no, your friend drive the no, car? No, I, did, I didn't have to drive, which was good because I would have killed everybody <laughs> in the world. It's <laughs> fair. Just would have been a fiery carcass. I would have somehow been going sideways on my driver's <laughs> side door, just down the highway, <laughs> not losing any momentum. In fact, picking it up, it would have been chaos. I'm actually surprised the world still exists because right before I came over here, I like had my windows open in my house because I was trying to air it out. It's finally not hot here, guys. And all of a sudden, like, the loudest airplane ever was just, like, <laughs> circling over my house for probably a good 10 minutes. And I, I was like, is this the bombers? You don't Has live someone s- come to bomb us? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, oh, no, it's the Blitz. I, this is what World War II must have felt like. <laughs> this is exactly what World War II felt like. Me so, being in my house being like, why is this so loud? Says Aaron in 2017. That's not a good good quote. Not a great quote. <laughs> good. I mean, it, it, it'd be fine if we didn't put the date on the end of it, but we will put the date on the end of it. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right, let's talk about our episode of the OC. Yeah, that's let's enough weird that. banter. Yeah, that's stuff. All right, this is episode 17, The Rivals. The Rivals. So, um, Ryan loves semantics, semantics, like, he tries to be like, I'm not jealous of Bolivar, just don't like him. And then Seth's like, you're jealous of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan doesn't trust Bolivar, but he's like, I'm aware that the feelings that I have are mostly my own feelings that are based off of my perceptions, which are hard to explain, but I don't trust him. And then Seth is like... I mean, you accused him of faking suicide, and he's like, I didn't accuse him of faking suicide. I just said I didn't think he took those pills. <laughs> and Seth's like, um, I mean, yep. Yeah, and then Seth like, gets in this weird thing where he's like, well, maybe you and Marissa should make up, or maybe you should keep arguing. And then we learn that Seth is weirded out by the fact that him and Anna don't argue. Well, Seth, unfortunately, really took Summer's statement that they were like siblings to heart. Yeah. But what he doesn't realize is siblings argue all the time. Last night, I told you that you had been shouting for too long and you had to go home. Well, I mean, I just, I, I, it's not shouting, it's enthusiastic explaining. We were enthusiastically explaining the OC. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's a thing that comes up a lot, not only in, um, like, shows, but also in, Real life, where people are like, oh no, 
like we you need that arguing passion i'm like do yeah. you do you do you i had an ex who was very concerned into like a year and a half into our relationship that we had never had a big fight and i was like i mean we've bickered and he was like but we've never had a big fight i think that's a problem like no that sounds like, like the opposite of a problem i don't think it is i think we just like can calm down our emotions yeah i think i think we're rational people who don't need to fly off the handle yeah we can just compromise but seth, but seth oh no him and anna just agree on everything and it's and it's problematic they wear the same clothes they eat the same foods they read the same books yeah which sounds cool yeah uh, but ryan's Ugh. like all right fine i'll try with Bolver because i love marissa for some reason <sighs> So he shows up at the school and he's talking to Marissa where she aggressively guilts and gaslights him at the same time. Yeah, yeah, Marissa, Marissa does not let up. She's like, Ryan, Bolivar is just confused and hurt. He doesn't understand why he took a bunch of pills and we fought about that. And I don't understand either. Bolivar is essentially a five-year-old boy that we are raising together. <laughs> I just want Ryan to be like, why is this my problem? Yeah, I don't care what this man does. But now he has to because... Surprise! What the hell, Bolivar? Now he goes to your school. Bolivar goes to the school now. I have a new theory about Bolivar Trask. Mm-hmm. And that theory is that he may be 30. <laughs> <laughs> he may be a 30-year-old man. His age does consistently flunk- fluctuate, and his stories about his past make no sense. <laughs> yeah, so I'm thinking he's just a 30-year-old <laughs> man who happens to look really young. So he's like, I can go back into high school. Who's going to stop me? I'm going to make these 16-year-old girls. <laughs> they think I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're my sweet 30-year-old man things. Like, you know how every person in this show looks like they're older than they are? because <laughs> yeah. He actually is that age. <laughs> he actually looks younger than the age he's playing. I mean, his story does have a lot of holes this episode, so I completely believe that. <laughs> a lot of holes. Yeah. Oh, but now Bolivar's at the school, so... So, uh, that's uh, great. Uh. Okay, so we have a short scene where Seth and Anna are obsessed with Jenga. Like, the first thing she suggests they should do that night is play Jenga. And I don't think that's an entendre for making out, I think. No, I think they're going to play Jenga. They're going to play Jenga on a shaky bed. I guess that's where they find their excitement in their life. I don't know. It's a, it's a like he, wa- he wants to do something different, which includes borrowing a ski to from Luke. I think which, that's a great plan. <laughs> which, oh my God, just goes underneath the radar. But I'm like, Luke would go with them. Luke would be like, yes, I'll get him a ski do. It'll be so much fun. Hey, maybe I'll get a second ski do. My dad owns a, <laughs> no, man. a vehicle dealership. No, man. Yeah. Let's, let's just do triplets. <laughs> like, I'll be at the front. Seth's arms will be around me, and Anna's arms will be around Seth, and we'll sort of stack up like that. Also, guys, I'll get some beers. Yeah, friends. <laughs> beers. Beers. All but right, like, Luke. So like, why do we do something new? Like Krav Maga, or like he just—he doesn't want them to do, and he wants them to do different things. Like yes. I'll do Krav Maga, you do. Yeah. So he whatever. doesn't want them to be together as a couple. Yeah, and yeah. then Anna gets a little bit into it as well when they notice that their clothes are matching, which <laughs> I thought was actually really cool. So cute. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you think they're not wearing the same clothes; they're wearing the same style. They're just very complimentary, which is the most normal thing Anna has ever worn, <laughs> which is why I noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's wearing like a cute little polo and like a little hoodie and like some low-waisted brown pants. Very cute, very yeah. normal, not at all Muppet-like. Yeah, <laughs> she is not a Muppet. Not a Muppet. Um, so I guess Marissa knew that Bolivar was transferring to the school. She knew that he was thinking about it. So at this point, it's presented as him being like, well, I just, well, I don't have any friends in my old school. And I said to Marissa, it'd be really cool if I came to your school. And like, this is how this is played. Yeah. And then a moment later, he's he's like, 
yeah, me and Marissa, we just have the exact same schedule. And Ryan's like, uh-huh. Hmm, that's a curious development. Like, I feel like this episode is Ryan losing his mind. Everyone's like, it's not a big problem. And he's like, he... He's like, I need someone to listen to why I think this <laughs> is a problem. Someone needs to agree with me that this is... Like, like, Ryan escalates in this episode to an insane amount. But I can see because he yeah. thinks he's going insane. See? <laughs> Thank you, Car, for agreeing with me, I guess. No, it's the end of days. It's coming. All right. Uh. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, he escalates, but he escalates because no one will listen to his concerns at all. Like, they just keep telling him he's crazy. Yeah, even, like, as more, like, yes, the he doesn't believe that he um tried to, you know, commit, commit suicide. suicide. Yeah, no one else was there. They can't really go off of it. He has a feeling. But as, like, Balver does more and more, like, mm-hmm. At least Seth, like, Raj would be like, Seth, he has the exact same schedule as Marissa. Like, exactly. Do you think that is a same. coincidence? Like, it's 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 too much at once. Too much. And all, all we needed was someone to be like, well, maybe. Yeah, that's all he needed. Then he would have been like, hmm, good. I feel secure in my craziness. Yeah. And so then Marissa and Oliver wander off to go to the bookstore. Because there's a bookstore on this high school campus. I am unsure if they're, like, this This high school is insane. Yes, it is. We'll talk about this. Because <laughs> that student lounge. I mean, it's a private high school, I guess. But it's a little bookstore for high school. They just give you your... Just give you your books. Give you your books. You Maybe have to, it's they, the place where the books are stored. Yeah. And just call, <laughs> is the book stored? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't pronounce the D. She just didn't articulate well. <laughs> Let's go to the book stored. <laughs> So, um, Seth gives Ryan a whole spiel about how he has to embrace the friend. Which, which is weird from coming from Seth. Yeah, come down, Seth. You don't know how to embrace a friend. Seth, you barely want to be friends with Luke. So. And now you're his best friend. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so. Speaking then, of best friends. Sandy and Jimmy. They best friend. Sandy has no professional discretion. When he's on the phone, he's like, oh, let me describe all of my cases. Hilarious. I'm like, Sandy Cohen, you're supposed to be a good lawyer. <laughs> You need to have professional... He may still be slightly drunk. That's true. (laughs) Oh, everyone in this episode is drunk the entire time. And we will talk about that because there is a character that... Jimmy's pretty sober. Jimmy's pretty sober. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy is unfortunately sober. He he has realized this restaurant plan. Well, he's had had some chill for a while and he's Mm -hmm. just lost it again. Because as you said, he's like, yeah, I want to open the restaurant. And they talk about how they had five martinis and they sang and... But Jimmy is worried. Yes, because they don't know what they're doing. And then Sandy's like, I mean, you know what you're doing. You managed the restaurant for two years. And Jimmy's like, I was a stoned teenager. So, And then if I were Sandy, I'd be like, well, if you did a good job when you were stoned, imagine how good you'll do when you're sober. Yeah, exactly. Like, Jimmy has a pretty good arc this episode. He does. Yeah. And because we eventually learn what his real concern is. Yeah, which but, is a great concern. And I don't think he even realizes now what his real concern is, yeah. but eventually. But he, he's like, we can't do this. We can't do a restaurant. And Sandy's like, don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. I already made some appointments. See you later, lawyer. Speaking of best friends. <laughs> Julie is like a puppy dog following Kirsten around her office. Julie, Julie wants a best friend. Kirsten so bad. Kirsten is no time for that. I mean, Julie also wants to do interior design, but... Which she tries to claim she's qualified for. And she's like, well, I did design before I was pregnant with Marissa. And then Kirsten's like, you had Marissa when you were 18. So... 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 Settle it down, Miss Cooper. And then Julie's like, well, Caleb said it's a good idea. And essentially, like, 
I don't know why Kirsten ends up agreeing. I think it's because Julie's like, you can fire me yourself if like it goes bad. I think Kirsten just wanted her to leave. Yeah, she's like, okay, I give up. It's not very clear why she finally agreed because it wasn't no. the whole Caleb thing. No, Caleb did not convince her. She was still like, okay, well, my dad's dumb. Yeah, which he is, yes. as we learn. Yes, but she gives in. And there is a Caitlyn reference in this scene. I don't remember what it is because I just wrote, hey, a Caitlyn reference. Yeah, the reference Caitlyn. But there's a Caitlyn reference. Caitlyn's around. Somewhere. 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 Oh, my God. Are we going to talk about Danny now? Yeah. So the guy from Reaper (sighs) is on this show. Yes, the son of the devil. Before he got hot, is annoying AF. He's the most annoying person who has ever lived. He's supposed to be the new funny guy. And here's the thing. Like, I don't, like, it's almost like we're seeing this, I wonder if we're seeing this from Seth's point of view. And it's, and, like, like Danny actually is cool, because he walks up, and all Danny's doing is saying stuff, and everyone, Luke, I will can understand, <laughs> Anna, and Summer are, like, funniest thing in the world. It's like they're drunk, and they're like, he can do a funny voice! Like, <laughs> he has to have a superpower that just makes everyone around him drunk. Because literally, nothing he's saying is funny at all. He's... Yeah, he's just doing it, and it's like, well, I mean, Seth is right. He's just being big, but like, but and then, like, there's not even any jokes. And then Seth makes a statement, like, like, like Seth says, "Well, we might have to get get um, uh, Luke to the ER uh, for if he busts a gut," and everyone shuts down. And I'm like, "Look, what Seth said wasn't funny, but it wasn't like." It wasn't offensive. It wasn't a conversation stopper. Like, yeah. what is what is happening what is with the storyline? Scene. And you know what? It would have been fine if they, like, did a thing where we were clearly going into Seth's head and he was, like... We were seeing how he perceived Danny yeah. to be. But it just... Oh, my God, Danny. You guys, Danny doesn't go away. Danny. Danny. <sighs> so, everything that Bolivar says and does is so sketchy. I have an inability to believe any word that comes he, out of his mouth. He doesn't talk like a human being. He, no. That's why I say he's a 30-year-old. He comes in and he's like, like boy, uh, Ryan, is it junior year t- tough? And then Ryan's like, I thought you were a senior. He's like, oh, no, this school is so good. I, My credits, they did not transfer. I was senior when I was in other school, teenage boy. But at this school, I am junior. Tell me, Ryan, would you like to befriend? And Ryan's like, You're a 30-year-old did- robot. <laughs> it's like, why did you switch schools in the last semester of your senior year? You were about to, to graduate. Down to being a junior. And he's like, I had to switch. I wanted friends, and you are my friends. And Ryan's like, I just, okay, <laughs> all right. And then Marissa bounces in, and she's like, oh, my God, you should all come over to Bolivar's house. I'm going to help him with French. Well, we skipped over something, though. Because Bolivar does oh, mention, like, right. there was an incident, incident at Pacific. And I'm like, did Bolivar, like, mishandle this kid's money? <laughs> and, they're like, Greg came in and punched him. Greg wanted his money back. <laughs> Greg wanted his money back from that 30-year-old man. That 30-year-old high school there student. There was some grifting. <laughs> some, uh... Some uh, drug-related yeah. grifting. Yeah. Then, then, then Marissa, Marissa comes, comes in, in and, and she wants Ryan to come over to Bolivar's house after school so they can order room service and she can help Bolivar with his French. And then Ryan's like, I thought you lived in Paris. And he was like, nope, I, I lived there when I was young boy. 
I only know how to well, sneak into now, the club. He does say he lived there when he was like 13 or something. But still, if you... Well, if he's 30-year-old now, oh. <laughs> I mean, okay. that's 17 years ago. But I have been to Paris. It is challenging to get by without speaking some French. Yeah. They have some feels about your lack of French, which is why I yeah. immediately befriended a German girl, and she just spoke for me, and I would be like, <laughs> Canadian. For some reason, at this moment, I, re- I remembered... <laughs> Anna being weird about Bolivar. I'm like, why didn't that come back? When Anna, oh, when, yeah. when they went to his hotel room and she's like, oh yeah, no, I know the, the, the people the guy who, like, the party. who run the party and like, oh, you know Bolivar? And she's like, who? Why didn't it ever come back? Because we've been in that suite since then. <sighs> <sighs> so. Yeah. Yeah. We get, Then we get Seth and Ryan. They both essentially talk about their... But they don't actually want to listen to each other's problems. They just want to talk about their respective problems. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's fajitas. Yeah. Which I now believe that Sandy does all of the cooking in that household. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Sandy walks in, he's like, fajitas! It's time for fajitas! <laughs> he's got some attitude. Well, then now Seth says joking is like, well, you could always break into the school and steal his file. And Ryan's like, ha, ha, ha. Yes. Wait. <laughs> yeah, Seth, you know your brother slash best friend is the OC. Why would you even jokingly encourage him to investigate? Ryan's like... I could get some justice down on this. Hmm. I should use my skills. Yeah, I can steal stuff. However. So this, this Aaron, this is the first OC scene. It is. He is the OC. Like, like he's, he can't wear his clothes because he's expecting to do a little bit of like. He's going to have to pretend to be a high school well, student. Well, it's like when Bruce Wayne has to like pretend to be Bruce Wayne to do Batman stuff. It's exactly. like that. Yeah. However, his emotions have clouded his skills slightly. Yeah. Also, that school has super hardcore security. Yeah. Did our high school even have nope. a s- we didn't go to the same high school, but I don't remember. Nope. Once again, private school. Private I'm willing to accept it's different. But, like, it has, like, a police officer. It is also astonishingly easy for him to get into the school because he's like, oh, hey, I forgot a book. And he shows his ID and the guy's like, yes, let me unlock this entire school for you. I do remember that man does follow him. That's true. He does follow, he does follow the high schooler into an abandoned school. So, yeah, Ryan reads a confidential letter, and then he gets caught like the dummy he's being. I'm doing a okay, quick aside. Yeah. I don't understand why confidential things have confidential, like, stamped on them. No, because clearly a letter that's in a student file is confidential. Well, it's the sort of thing that, like, I guess if I want to be reasonable, it's so that people don't just share it around. Yeah. But, like, I can't imagine someone looking at me like, oh, this is confidential. I better not read this. Like, as soon as you see something that's confidential, I'm You're like, like, I want to read this more. I'm going to read this. You, yeah. Look, you know I'm going to read this. I need to know these secrets. But he is caught. He is immediately. caught. Immediately. And then he immediately, first thing the next day, has to go and see the principal with both of his parents. Yeah. Ryan, this is when you should tell people about Bolivar's fake suicide stunt. Yeah. Like, you need to tell grown-ups what he has been doing cuz then they will be appropriately concerned. Here's the thing, even if it even if you don't phrase it as a fake suicide stunt you're like, "Oh, he tried to commit suicide 2 nights ago." All we did was I was like, "Hey, if you want to hang out with just Marissa, don't invite me to come with you." Yeah. And he lost his mind and drove off into the night and took a bunch of pills. And try and and then they revealed way to the other school, which is he tried to kill himself over a girl. Yeah. Like this is directly related. All he's be like, like, "Hey, I told him don't hang out with Marissa. He tried to kill himself." Remember? I was worried, so I looked at the thing. I'm sorry, it was wrong, but I am worried. Instead, he's just like, "I just I don't trust him." Yeah, and so he's like, he like reveals his feelings and stuff, and the principal's like, no. Yeah. Darn it, Ryan. And I was right, he wasn't in school. He was like, he was like out of school for two years. Yeah, so he's definitely 30. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. Ryan, you are not a grown-up. You cannot deal with these grown-up issues by yourself. Tell the grown-ups. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the sort of thing that like also they they talk about this whole thing like we should not already know a lot of this stuff. Like here's the thing. We are aware that Bolivar has problems. In fact, it's not even like a hidden thing because he met Marissa outside of a therapist's office. Yep. It's not a reveal that he has problems. No. Like, it's just a fact. The I think clarifying our belief that he does become obsessed with girls is yes, important. That, that was good, but it, it was like very almost like slid past. It's yeah. Like, yeah, he was in a bathroom and he like he, slid his wrist because of a girl. I'm like, this is this is a clear pattern that everyone is terrible about, especially Ryan yeah, for not bringing Ryan, it up. you need to tell the grown-ups. Tell the grown-ups. Now, tell the grown-ups. Now, perhaps he is in the OC mindset where he's like, I can't trust any of the adults. It's, I'm like, OC, you know better than this. Yeah, OC, <laughs> you work with authority. You don't fight authority. <laughs> You're the justice. You know how this works. <sighs> <sighs> so Seth and Anna got some tickets to go see Bright Eyes. Oh, God, Danny's the worst. And then, so it's cute. Seth's like, okay, maybe we can go to Bright Eyes. Then Danny comes on in. And again. It's infuriating because it's, they always treat it like, ah, Seth, you're jealous. No, Danny is unfunny. He is, his big joke in this scene is the, you have something on your shirt. And to a huge, like, he puts his fingers like, like, hey, something on your shirt. And says like, I'm not going to look down. It's like, no, 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 trust me. You have something on your shirt. You have something on your shirt. And even as like, you should probably look down. And like, like, I'm like. Who are the? Why are you feeding into this? He Why made do you everyone care about drunk. This is the dumbest thing ever. And then he does it, and then like everyone laughs. I'm like, Why are they? Why are they I, eight? Why I are would, they eight year olds? I would be fine with this arc if they had made Danny legitimately funny. Yes. Like I don't understand why they just made him unfunny. <laughs> it, it makes everyone else seem dumber. So dumb. It makes Summer and Anna and. Luke is Luke. fine. I believe Luke yep. would find Luke would find hilarious. Luke would find it the funniest thing ever. If Luke was always there, and he's the only one laughing, and for some <laughs> reason that bugs Seth because Luke's his best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Luke starts laughing, so everyone starts laughing, and Seth's like, "Oh." Yeah, Danny is just God. What? It, what was the writing step? What were Who they? Who came thinking? up with this idea? Oh my God! Was it like take your kid to work day, and a fourteen-year-old was like, <laughs> <laughs> "I got an idea for a character. Like, he's gonna do these jokes. He'll be funnier than Seth." He, he's the head writer's son. Just, just do let it. Let him do it. Just we'll, do it. We'll fix it. We'll get that kid for. We'll get that kid who'll be soon be in Reaper. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he'll be real handsome. Yeah. yeah. You know what? In a few years, he'll be handsome. Trust me. Don't worry, old land. He was in Grounded for Life for like guests. Like, like yeah. before before this, he was in Grounded for Life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when he was even doofier. <laughs> he's, just, he's in his awkward stage. He got less. He got less doofy as he aged. It's true. Good for you. Good for you. Don't know your actor's name. Howie Johnson. Nope. Good for you, Reaper. Um, so Seth, not Seth, um, Sandy and Jimmy hang out in the restaurant and they get very excited. He called Jimmy Coop. Yeah. First time I ever know. Did that. And they talk about how there is going to be like a classic restaurant. They're only going to have one type of martini, not this nonsense martini bar stuff. Yeah. But they are going to have two types of meatloaf. Because each of them thinks their mother has the best meatloaf. Which, to be fair, that would be great. If you went to a restaurant (laughs) and it said Sandy's mom's meatloaf and And Jimmy's Jimmy's mom's mom's meatloaf. meatloaf, And they were on the same line and you had to pick (laughs) one of them. And there like, was maybe no details about what made them different. Yeah, it just said Sandy's mom's meatloaf and Jimmy's mom's meatloaf. Same and you price, gotta, and no you, details. <laughs> yep, and you got to just <laughs> pick one. Like that would, I that would be that would be enjoyable. Yeah, that's that's a cute shtick. Yeah. 
So, but like, so Sandy's so excited. Jimmy gets a lair in the end a little bit. Yeah, he but... gets carried along. Yeah. Yeah. So Julie is also excited, and she takes right over Kiki's office. She's gone crazy with interior design. I don't understand why there's not, like, a meeting room she can use for this. There I probably is. And Kirsten is upset about it to a weird extent. I feel like Kirsten is upset because she, in my, like, headcanon, she yeah. went there, she was like, I need to make a confidential phone call. And she walked into her office to make her important confidential <laughs> phone call, and there was, like, 97 people there and Julie stuff everywhere. She's like... Man, I have a little bottle of alcohol in my desk. I go sneak in there. And, oh, Julie! Oh, everyone! Oh, Hi! I'm not drunk. Yours works better. <laughs> um, I did love when Julie says that her building is going to be aspirational. Yeah. She's which, really ahead of the times. Yeah, because you know what? That that probably wasn't where in 2003. Now it is. Yeah, aspirational blog. Yeah, that's, yeah, that was in your play. It was, sure was. <laughs> the word aspirational. So, Julie, you know what? Good for you, Julie Cooper. <laughs> you getting ahead of your times. Coined a word. Great Good. word. Good. So, I'm confused about what happened next. And I will explain why I'm confused. <laughs> okay. So, Ryan rounds the corner and he yeah. sees Bolivar and Marissa aggressively close talking. At, yeah, yes. And then Bolivar gives Marissa a letter. And then Marissa ditches the letter immediately. immediately. And then he goes and stands in front of the locker as if to open it. And I say, Ryan, no. And then like fallout happens. But then we reveal that no one knows he has the letter. So I think the fallout we see is not from him breaking into Marissa's locker. I think it's carried over fallout from his breaking into yes. the school. No, no, yeah. It comes from school. It's played in a way it's- where I'm like... He got caught. What is yeah, wrong it, with yeah, you? He's standing from the locker. It smash cuts to Sandy being like, what were you thinking? And I'm like, oh my, he's really bad. <laughs> what happened to all of your OC skills? Ryan is really bad today. <laughs> really bad at sneaking. Yeah, he's, he's not great. Uh, but no, no, this it's... This is a really touching scene. They, they parent Ryan. And he's like, well... I mean, you can kick me out, whatever. And then Sandy goes, do you think you'll screw up enough for us to kick you out? No, we're going to keep you. You're going to wish we kicked you out. We're your parents. Well, it's it's great because Ryan has only ever had one form of parenting, which is give up parenting. Remember his mom came in and she was like, no, man, I can't can't do kid. I can't compete with these people. (laughs) See ya. Well, just in general, she's like, I can't kid at all. It's easier to give up. I'm just going to leave. I had an alcohol. I'm gone. Meanwhile, like... Sandy and Kirsten, who are good parents, are like, no, you messed up, and now you're going to get punished. You're not leaving. <laughs> leaving would be easy. Oh, no. No. I don't. They don't explain what the punishment is, but I think the punishment is disappointment. I mean, yes, absolutely. And that's all you need from Sandy and Kirsten. The disappointment yeah. is really good. There's no stuff to take away from him. He doesn't have a car. He doesn't have a <laughs> cell phone. He doesn't own anything. He, li- he lives in a glass house. Yeah. Like, maybe they're just like, you can't put your blinds down anymore. He's like... Oh. oh, I don't do that much anyways. <laughs> Only Seth does that. This series does a good job of remembering who Ryan is. Yeah. Like, they they never, they don't get to the point where they're just like, and Ryan is a Cohen. Yeah. Um, they're always aware of who is and where he comes from. So in moments like this, just that small thing where, where Ryan's like, fine, kick me out. That's what happens. And they're like, no, that's not what happens. Totally. And, like, Ryan being suspicious of Bolivar because of his background. He knows that not everyone's honest and true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Seth gives Ryan some really... So, Ryan reveals to Seth that he has the letter. Well, Seth so is over, and Ryan's eyes say, 
It's not. Well, exactly. Seth gives some really good advice. Unfortunately, Ryan is the hero of this show. Which means he has to be flawed in this way. Yeah. I'm confused, Darren. Why did Marissa just put this letter in her locker and forget about it? Well, she mysteriously knows what's on it. It's true. Having not read it. I mean, or she did read it. Like, she had no chance to read it. No. Unless if if Bolivar showed... Described to her what was in it? It's... Yeah, Ryan... Yeah. yeah, It's weird. Um, Ryan... Seth's like, is it over? Ryan's like, no. Seth's like, hey, don't read it. Because, you know, don't. But guess what he does? Immediately. He reads it. He tears tears open. He's just like, oh, no. It's some sort of monster. (laughs) (laughs) He he flips it open. It's designed for giant robots. He's like, oh, oh, sentinels. I knew they were coming. (laughs) And it just says, I'm 30 years old over and over (laughs) and over again. (laughs) It's like, what? What? Why would you write this? (gasps) Oh, my God. Bolivar's 30 years old. (laughs) I'm 30 years old. I'm 30 years old. I'm 30 years old. I'm Peter Dinklage. I'm 30 years old. (laughs) Spear Dinklage in disguise. <laughs> he just dyed his hair. <laughs> just dyed his hair. <laughs> so, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, tonight what are you drinking tonight? <laughs> <laughs> tonight I'm drinking a uh, cold pressed juice. It is called The Dark Knight, but other people will know it as a dirty lemonade. It's basically just lemon juice and agave and activated charcoal. It's activated charcoal in it? Yeah. That's for when you take too much drugs. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing a show. There's been a lot of, like, pizza and shots of a uh, fireball, so <laughs> I was doing a little detox doing here. doing the show is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This show took place in a bar. There were some scenes where I'm like, I just need this tiny half shot. It'll make me act better. <laughs> Good. You saw the show. You I, know. I saw the show. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I also drank half of a tiny vodka on stage. Yes, you did. I didn't realize it'd be real. <laughs> what a show. What a show. <laughs> what a show. If you missed it, you'd be sad. Kevin, would you like some activated charcoal drink? No, Aaron. I didn't take a bunch of drugs. I didn't take drugs. I you took have, pizza. You didn't have to hang out in the chill-out tent. Oh, the chill-out tent. All right, activated charcoal. Get in my body. So Ryan reads a letter, goes immediately to Seth's room. Yep. And Seth, as she continues to reprimand Ryan, he's like, uh, and Ryan's like, it's, it's a love letter. It's saying I, I love this you. This is what it said. And Seth's like, who cares? <laughs> what? It doesn't matter. There's no way. And he, he's like, he's actually saying like, there's no way you can talk to Marissa about this without it turning around on you. Which like. Ryan forgets about. <laughs> yeah. She's crazy. Yeah. And yep. speaking of crazy, she arrives. She shows up. Because. She I wants mean, to drive them to school. Yes. I guess they're. I don't know. For some reason it bugs me so much because I don't know where she lives. I feel. I, I feel like her, she's going deeply out yeah. of her way to pick them up. Which. They're in love. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time I think of that, I think of like, boy, I bet you wish they still lived next to each other now, don't you? Mm-hmm. So you could just justify her easily coming over. Because <laughs> she just comes over whenever she wants. Get her back into that house. <sighs> so then, speaking of the Coopers sucking, Julie cries in the most theatrical way possible. Oh, yeah. she's. I don't think she's actually she upset. She's fallen over the couch. And she's like, oh, oh. 
Oh, the <gasps> vapors. <laughs> Let me dab at my eyes. No, she dabs, Aaron. <laughs> I did dab as I yeah, did that. Yeah, no, Aaron, no, what happens <laughs> is that Julie's crying on the couch, Kirsten comes in, and then Julie dabs. It's true. And then Kirsten's like, <laughs> I'm not crying, I'm just dabbing. <laughs> And then Kristen's like, what? What are you, what are you, what's dabbing? Don't worry, it'll be hot in like 15 years. I'm really ahead of the times. I'm, remember Aspirational? I know what's up. I can see the future <laughs> with my crazy eyes. So it turns out that none of the things that Julie wanted for the design are actually accessible to them, including the flowers she wanted are out of season. Which, why wouldn't you know that? Yeah. She's a dummy. She's such a dummy. <laughs> And I want moon rocks. Can't get moon rocks. 72 hours. Let's go. <laughs> Just throw money at the problem. Ha <laughs> ha. Essentially, Julie learns that money does not fix time. <laughs> it's and true. Kir- and Carson's like, <sighs> okay, I will help you. We will call the normal vendors. We still have 48 hours. Yeah. Look, it won't be whatever you want. <laughs> but it'll be something. Yeah. Let's go. <sighs> Julie, you're gonna have to do real work. <laughs> and Julie's like, "Ugh." Well, she, says, she says, "I don't like you're gonna have your hands dirty." She's like, "I don't have a manicure until Friday." Like, and for some reason, I want the response for that to be just and be like, "Shut up." Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. Uh, then there's more Danny. Why does Danny tickles Aunt Summer like like Summer is a six year old and yes. Anna laughs. Because he comes in, and so Anna and Seth are getting smoothies. Yeah. And then first he comes in, and he pretends to be a tri- or a um, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. And then Summer's like, ha-ha, that teacher is like a pterodactyl. And I'm like, he's being a T-Rex. Yeah. Don't you know what dinosaurs are? <laughs> no, she doesn't. No one knows what dinosaurs are. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, you know who wants a smoothie? Mr. Tickle. And then he tickles her, and I'm like, what? And then- why? What is happening? The most egregious thing about it is that Anna finds that hilarious. Watching Summer get tickled, Anna goes, ha, 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 And Seth is just like, what are the drugs that these people like, are consuming? Like, like, to be fair, we talked about Ryan going crazy episode. I think Seth is losing his damn mind. <laughs> to the extent that, like, like... Is he just imagining all of this? This is all a hallucination. He's just, he's just like drooling in the corner. <laughs> like, Jay Leno isn't like, funny. Jay Leno isn't funny. And Danny's just like, huh. You know who could use a smoothie? This guy. He's a tickle monster. He's, he's talking about a tickle monster. But then he snaps out of it for an instant and is like, well, how about you hang out at my place, Danny? And I'm like, why? Why do you have to reach out to Danny? I guess because Summer's your friend? friend. I think he's trying to like, you know, he's embracing the friend, as Anna said. And he said earlier. I, it feels like like he should not have as much with, investment in this. Like, he's known da- he Summer has been dating Danny for a day. It's true. Like, with Ron and Bolivar, it makes a little bit more sense because Bolivar's been around for a while now and he's mm-hmm. not going away. So, like, yeah, but why does Seth have to reach out to Danny? Maybe he feels like he gave Ryan all of this advice and now he needs to take his own advice. <laughs> he's like, damn it. I mean, Anna, my does, advice Anna sucks. says, like, you should be. Nice to... And maybe he thinks he'll find, like, a positive part of this guy. Or maybe it's just, um... Oh, what's that, what's that called? Uh, the therapy where you're just, like... Ex- immersion exposure. therapy? Yeah, immersion yeah. therapy. Yes. <laughs> uh, so then Sandy is also very happy and vaguely annoying, but Jimmy's just well, a sad sack. Yeah, Sandy's moving a mile a minute. He's like, I'm, we're gonna do this, do this. And this is where I've Jimmy... I've lined all these things up. 
he's rich me puts out his like his real reasons why and they're yeah. great reasons he's essentially like i, I think i'm going to fail you yeah and he's like i can't put any money into the project yeah. and sandy's like that's fine we'll like work out a payment plan and then jimmy's like i have to work for you he's like, he's no, like, no 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 you're, you're not gonna work for me but also jimmy at some point you might have to work for someone yeah because you failed at being self-employed it's but yeah jimmy's worried he's gonna fail and but sandy's also right what sandy says is like jimmy you're going to leave you're gonna have to go to phoenix if you don't do something you mm-hmm. need to do something you yeah. can't just sit around and mope all, and all the worry time about failure so it's this really cool dynamic between like jimmy being like i'm afraid that i'm gonna fail and you're gonna be the one who has to suffer for it and, and sandy, sandy being, being like, like do something and you know what so he's like that's life sometimes you fail we'll figure it out <laughs> i'd I, I adopted a child who was a street child. Sometimes and you fail, sometimes you adopt a street child. Who knows? <laughs> Meanwhile, with that street child, oh. he wants to return the letter. But then yep. Bolivar transports in. Right there. He's like, hello? And why? <laughs> yeah, Does Bolivar know he, he took the letter? Why would he expect that Ryan... Does Bolivar just go and like stand at Marissa's locker sometimes and just look at it? <laughs> You're like, I love her so much. I can 100% imagine Bolivar does that. I, <laughs> I don't think he goes to that school. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't go to the harbor at all. Yeah, he somehow tricked Dean Kim into thinking he goes to school. But really, he just stands in the hallway and is like, Marissa. Hey, hey Dean Kim, how about I go to school? You're a 30-year-old man. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then, then Luke walks up like a normal person. And he's like, oh, guys, last period of the day. It's the worst. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> then he's like, I want to punch Bolivar so bad. We also have a moment where Bolivar is like, oh, Marissa and I planned a camping trip for everyone to go into the mountains. Do you want to come, Ryan? <laughs> I was like, I hate you. And Ryan's like, I guess. I hate you so much. And then Bolivar's like, I'll let Marissa know. And I'm like. I feel like Ryan, her boyfriend, could tell her that he's coming on this camping trip. Shut up, Bolivar. Not you, Bolivar. Um, but yeah, Luke wants to punch Bolivar in the face. My favorite thing about this like new Luke is that he is super protective of, of Ryan and Marissa's relationship. He's like, I lost Marissa, but, but Ryan will not. <laughs> and when he's like, if you won't stand up to him... I will. Just let them know. I'll give him the great Gatsby. Ah, I'm like, oh. sweet F. Scott Fitzgerald reference, Luke. I wow. Mean, great. You go punch him in the... And you know what, Ryan? You should have just let Luke go punch him in the face. People would have been like, mm, Luke has a gay dad. He's acting out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. I mean, Ryan's dad's perfectly cool. Jail. I mean, I was talking about his... <laughs> so I was talking about his Sandy dad. <laughs> Yes, his Sandy dad is great. Can I say that like I I know this is this is probably the funniest joke Danny does, and it's not a very funny joke. Is it the Sandy joke? Yeah, when when Sandy comes in and uh, like they're like talking, he's like, "Oh, uh, Dad, this is Danny." And Sandy goes, goes, "Hi, I'm Sandy." And Danny goes, "We'll take a shower." And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'll give you an inch on that one, Danny. It's almost a joke. That is all. That is almost a joke. You almost made a good joke. But then they just stare at him, and then he's like, "I mean, I like you, dirty. I mean, Sandy, dirty, Sandy, dirty." And then Sandy and Seth just stare at each other. San- yeah, and Sandy is also not happy about Danny, <laughs> oh. and he wants Seth to have funnier friends. <laughs> he says that Danny makes Ryan look funny. Ryan is funny, though. <laughs> Ryan is funny. <laughs> but yeah, he wants Seth to have funnier friends. Is the takeaway of that scene. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what Danny wants, Aaron? He wants Seth to be less funny. B 
because it turns out that Summer just talks about how funny Seth is all the time, and that's why Danny is yeah. the way he is. And then Seth sabotages Danny's funny <laughs> by being like, be bigger. And here's the thing. That's kind of a crappy thing to do, because he knows he'll break him up with Summer. But on the other hand, Seth has been gaslit this entire episode. Yeah. Seth, do whatever you want. And then Danny will go away. Yeah, and then Danny, then, you, then this figment of your imagination will, will disappear. disappear. And you'll be free once again from this specter that is haunting you. Essentially, this is the plot of Harvey. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. This what is, is Dean Kim doing? This what is the wild, hell? Wildly inappropriate. This is wildly inappropriate. Dean Kim snitches on Ryan. She calls Marissa into her office for a special meeting. And she's like, this may be out of bounds, but I'm uncomfortable with the relationship you have with a transfer student. And Bol- Marissa's like, I know. Bolivar's Bolivar. And she goes, no. Ryan Atwood. Like, what are you doing? That is so this inappropriate. This is super inappropriate. Like, like she, does she just do this? Like, she just called to me and was like, hey, 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 Jimmy, come in here. Jimmy, come here. And we tell what this one kid did. I feel like if the disciplinary board decided that Ryan was expelled, he would be able to sue the school. Yeah, because... Because like, Dean Kim is bullying him. She is. Dean... What? Like, what? What? How? And then it was right to Ryan getting out of attention and Mercer being like, Dean Kim told me what you did. It's... What did you... It's, what did she say? It's like, like, so Marissa, just so you know, your boyfriend broke into the school and looked at... And, and looked, looked at Bolivar's private like, like, file. How does that have anything to do with Marissa? Like, How his, does Marissa need to know about that? Like, is, is her thought process like, uh, clearly Ryan's obsessed with Marissa. But even like... But even if, like, Ryan is Marissa's boyfriend. Like, it's, it is weird and aggressive and makes me wonder if this school is just, with all the things we've seen the school do, is this just normal? Is this, No, this is not how schools work. Is this how Harbor School works? With the dean just going around and being like. <laughs> uh, she must have private meetings with a different student every day after work. I just imagine, like, imagine um, like, this is like calling a student in and be like. So, I want you to know. Becky says you look fat. <sighs> Have a good day. <laughs> Just felt you need to know that. I'm concerned about this relationship you have with Becky. I wonder, I wonder if she was like, if this happened during school time, she would have called Marissa and be like, Marissa, just so you know, I think Luke's cheating on you. <laughs> with Holly. Yeah. And I just think you need to have all the facts to be informed in your life. <laughs> what? Dean Kim, no. Dean, No. So then Ryan is like, well, I I had to know what was going on with him. He's obsessed with you. And Marissa's like, no. No, he's not. We're just really close. <laughs> yes, he is obsessed with you. He is my friend. That's not how friends work, Marissa. And then we learn that Bolivar wrote... The letter to Natalie. Sure he, wants he did. To, of course he did. Sure he did. He didn't just use the letter for Natalie as a venue to express his emotions to Marissa. It feels like he's he's doing that sort of thing that when you see when people are like, you know, they think we're dating. Wouldn't it be crazy if we actually did date? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, though. But like, what if we pretended that we dated like, for like a whole day and just like, saw what people did? Did he oh. give her the letter and she was like, oh, this is really sweet. This is for Natalie? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. And you should deliver it. I just want you've to never know met what Natalie you before. Do you think Natalie is the girl that he slit his wrists over? Yes, Me too. I can imagine that. Yes, good. 
I mean, I imagine that's at least her name. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He never dated her, but. Absolutely not. And, okay, the thing is, Ryan was in a no-win situation here. If yeah. If he said things to Marissa, she would attack him. If he went and broke into the school, she would attack him. If he just didn't say anything at all, Bolivar would steal his girlfriend. Yeah. Well, it's crazy because, like, this entire episode, Bolivar does one specific thing, which is he comes to the school and then Ryan self-implodes. Because, once again, much like Seth, he's going insane. Well, and he, he has no recourse. Yeah. If he, if he talked to Marissa and he was like, Marissa, you know, I'm uncomfortable with this. He hangs out with you a lot. He says things to you that I'm not comfortable with. He's he, a sad boy. But, Marissa, he says really weird things to me. He, like, whispers them in the hallway. <laughs> You're misinterpreting. <laughs> he's a sweet boy. He doesn't mean anyone any harm. I feel like Marissa's the kind of person who would have a serial killer as a child and be like, he's a sweet boy. I don't know what you mean that he killed all those people. They just walked off a cliff themselves. They just do that. I don't, there's no body parts in my backyard. I never see him digging any graves. They just chop their own heads off. People do that all the time. People will chop their heads off. Mrs. Cooper, you need to go down. You need to lie down somewhere. We're going to give you a sedative while we arrest your son. Who is a serial killer. Look at all these heads we have found in your basement. He's a, he's a, good, he's a good boy. They have been tarred so like they will be preserved. He's, oh he's in God. such a no-win situation. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. And, oh, she attacks him because she's like, oh, why'd you get detention? He's like, oh, because I failed detention. She's like, no! You've lied to me. I can't trust you anymore. We're breaking up. <laughs> like, you didn't even come out and tell him, like, the straight up, like, hey, I know what you got detention. He's like, time to lead him. She's she she done that before. She's done that. Yeah. Hey, you gotta tell me the truth right now? No, you didn't? All right. Smashing time. She also did not tell him the truth that Bolivar was coming to the school. No. Nope. She also didn't tell him the truth that Bolivar gave her a letter to that he was giving to Natalie. Like, she should be sharing these details of her relationship with Bolivar with her boyfriend if she wants her boyfriend to trust her. I like during these moments. It's, I mean, we, if there's anything we learned, she's really bad at being a girlfriend. Remember Luke and Ryan? Yeah. When Luke was like, hey, Marissa, could you just not talk to Ryan for a little bit? I mean, to be fair, Luke was a little more aggressive than that. But she was like, okay, Ryan. She's a very bad girlfriend. She should be alone for a while. Yeah, she needs to find herself. She needs to go to England. (sighs) Well, we uh, we had a quick scene with um, uh, Sandy and Kirsten when they essentially talk about the Coopers. And how the Coopers are all dropping all the balls everywhere. There's a few moments in this where it's just like, all right, let's... Let's catch up on these storylines before they continue. Yeah. Here's a quick recap for you. Oh, and then um, everyone finds out that Ryan and Marissa broke up. Yes. They're sad. Yes, they're all sad. Everyone's sad. So, Caleb. Yeah, Caleb is insane. Caleb's a dummy. So, Julie's like, oh man, it was just, it was very boring. It was very normal. And like, Caleb's not going to like it. And even Kirsten's like, no, he's probably not going to like it. He's not going to like it, but that's okay. (laughs) Then Caleb comes in with like... A swagger unbelievable. And I was like, I locked that model home. Oh, hey, what's going on over here? It's so minimalistic. It's like when, it's like when Kirsten betrayed him and he was like, he betrayed me. I love it. He's like J. Joe and Jameson. <laughs> I can't, I keep on expecting him to be, to be like, Kirsten, give me more photos of Spider-Man. <laughs> Maybe this is all a plot to root out the OC. <laughs> Kirsten, I want photos of the OC. I'm a real estate developer. Photos of the OC. But I... You're not a newspaper. I'm going to make a newspaper. Okay. Steal it in my house. Oh, no, just to, just to Julie and the other kid. <laughs> you mean Caitlin? I no. don't know her name. I don't know her name. She lives in this house. <laughs> There's a lot of boys in the basement. I don't know. They fight each other. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Give me pictures of the OC. But no, Caleb's cool with it. 
And he hires Julie yeah. as the interior designer for the company. Which is... Great. I don't care. There will be storylines. I don't care about this in any way. No. This is the this is the least caring thing I've ever cared about. Seth is wearing a dumb scarf. <laughs> and it turns out he's only wearing a dumb scarf so that Anna can wear the same scarf. Yeah, this time Anna dressed him. Yeah. What, where, why? What? It's California. I don't know. That's a big woolly well, scarf. He's wearing a scarf with a very thin uh, dress shirt. So yeah. it's not that... It's not, Oh. He gets specifically cold in the neck. <laughs> I mean, that's why you have a beard, isn't you gotta it? Keep, yeah, you so get cold in the neck? Yes, I use the beard so the wind doesn't blow <laughs> on my sweet Adam's apple. Um, so things happen. Danny Some, gets too big. Summer has to break up with him. Super big. <laughs> Danny goes aggressive, a little bit sexual harassment on that man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Summer's like, no, I can't handle it anymore. I'm like, really, Summer? This is your breaking point? Not when he tickled you in public? When he said that Mr. Tickle needed a smoothie? Because that is a sound that a serial killer made. This episode is full of serial killers. One of them is Danny and one of them is Bolivar. Yeah. And one of them might be Dean Kim. Yeah. I'm willing to believe that she serial kills occasionally. Yeah, yeah. When she can't control the students. When they <laughs> see through her games, she has to get rid of them. <laughs> Dean Kim, are you? Dean are Kim. you bullying children? I'm going to have to murder you now. Dean Kim, I feel like this conversation we're having is wildly inappropriate. <laughs> How dare you? I might have to tell my mom about this. Oh, well, unfortunately, you're going to die. She presses a button and it's like... Sl- <laughs> Falls sl- down a hole? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's her own teen fight club. Great. And if you win and you capitulate and you bow the, bend the knee, <laughs> then she lets you go back to school. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. So I think Seth is maybe now okay with being the same as Anna. I'm not sure what his arc is. I don't know what his arc is either. He's, he seems pretty chill about it now, so... Uh-oh. All right. He, I mean, he does have that nice like, thing where he's like, Summer, now you're single. Okay, bye. And then he like, gives her a sad look as like... It's like if Summer... Cannonball by Damon Rice plays, because I know that song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Ryan sadly wanders the school campus and sees Marissa. He sadly and, looks at her. And then Bolivar's just creeping right up there. Yeah. Bolivar is so close. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep. 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 All right. Um, we have another scene where Sandy tries to pull out of the restaurant. Well, or, like, no, no, figure no. He things wants out. him to wait. Yeah, because he's because uh, he, he he needs he, a partner. Well, you know what he says is like, can you just wait? Just no, don't sell it right now. Yeah, because he still wants to buy it. But like the other guys, like there's other offers on the table. I gotta take one of them. And then Jimmy comes whipping in, and Sandy has found his partner. <laughs> and we learn that Jimmy is still afraid of failing. But he's but... not Sandy. Got Sandy. Got Sandy at his back. He's got a best friend. So Bolivar weirdos up to Ryan <laughs> and Okay. Okay. Can we talk about this room they're in? It's yes, it's the room that they're in earlier. It is the crazy um There's like a pool table, there's a smoothie bar, there's like numerous I'm, arcade machines. I'm willing to believe it because it is a private like, school. Private school and some of them are insane. That's true. It's not great. So Ryan is playing pool alone with a friend, but either yeah. way, Bolivar crazy's on up there. Yeah, and he he does. 
the he's like, all right, well, I won now. Time to reveal my evil. This entire time, I've been working to get Marissa, and you led her right to me. That's how you know that you were not meant to be together. So don't be sad. You'll forget her in the future, but I... I am meant to spend my entire life with her. I am actually kind of happy with how they portrayed him. Because before this, I thought he was just going to be like... I thought he was going to be a sketchball, like but a sketch not ball. a bad guy. No, but he is like... He's obs- been working the, it. The obsessiveness that he shows is realistic, actually. It's pathological, Where, but... Yeah, because he's, because he's like... Because uh, he, he believes he's doing the right thing. He's like, no, no, mm-hmm. me and Marissa are meant to be together. You are standing in the way of that. Like, he, he's almost like, don't worry... You would have, like, left her anyways, and you would forget about her 10 years. But me and her are meant to be together forever. And I know because of how I met her and because of you. Yeah. I got to meet her. Yeah. You got to play a part in our love story. Yeah, it is horrifying, and Ryan does the only thing Ryan can do. Which is punch him in the face. Just do a bunch of, just punch him, punch him a bunch. And Bolivar is like he's so in the mouth happy and laughing. He's he so, is happy so happy got punched. Well, he's been trying since the one where they go to Palm Springs to get Brian yep. to punch him in the face. And there is Marissa looking down at him because she always has to be there. She's always there. <laughs> and we're supposed to—I—I'm sure we're supposed to be on Ryan's side. Yes, I know he's gone crazy. Oh, but he was like led he, down the path yes. of craziness. I mean, here's the thing: he definitely should not have punched Bolivar, but I can see where it came from. Mm-hmm. The way that he's shouting, "Don't hurt Marissa!" I'm like, I actually never worried Bolivar will hurt Marissa. I'm worried that Bolivar will hurt himself. I am worried that. I mean, he, Bolivar, he could escalate. It could escalate. He, I, yeah. And I don't think he would try to hurt her, but I think he would escalate, and she would like. I'm thinking like a car accident, yeah. or like Bolivar decides to play with guns. Oh, I mean. <laughs> I mean, like, when uh, when he was doing the golf cart thing. Yeah. Yeah, where he'd yeah. do that, where he'd just be in a full car and be like, what if I just ran this car? <laughs> then she'll love me. Then she'll love me. Because. Because. That's how that That's how works. love works, Aaron. That's how love works. That's why we're single. <laughs> oh. So, Aaron, do you think in this madness of an episode, you found yourself a CW moment? I did, and I'm so happy you asked me first. Because uh, you're probably going to take the one I was going to do? Well, mine is all of Danny. Oh, all right. All of Danny makes no sense. That was in, one of them. Unless they're drunk. <laughs> yeah. Or we're in Seth's imagination, in which case you need to give me some dream sequence can music. You, can you narrow it down to one specific moment you think is I the... I think that... First moment where Seth walks up with his sushi, and he's very yeah. upset because he wanted a tuna melt, but he couldn't be the same as Anna, so now he has sushi. Yeah. And everyone is – it's like a teen movie when someone slips in the cafeteria and everyone's laughing in slow motion. Yeah. Except they're genuinely laughing. Yeah, because, like, the first thing that, the first thing we see him doing is he's doing um, – he's pretending to be dubbed over. Yeah. Which is, like – cool but they're treating it like this is the funniest thing ever like they've never seen anything like that yeah like oh my god this is the craziest thing ever how what is what is this madness and they laugh and laugh and laugh and seth is absolutely right and like are you guys on drugs what is going on have you been injected with some like composite of happy juice is the scarecrow from batman here (laughs) with the i mean it's fear toxin it's like the happy scarecrow from batman with laughing yeah yeah so thanks danny you suck. Yeah. Kevin, did you find a CW moment? It has to be when Dean Kim talked to Marissa. 
Because, because yeah. like they could have gone that information out another way. They could have. Is Phil like Marissa not- could have just overheard something? Yeah, it felt like knowing that she could have caught him putting the letter back. So many things could have happened, or hell, she could have like Seth could have let it slip accidentally. So many things could yeah. have happened that I don't know why they had Dean Kim snitch on Ryan and like break some sort of. I'm sure there's I a confidentiality like, clause. I feel like you're when not you're allowed to principal. do that. Yeah, you can't just share like details of students. I work with students, and I can't share details of what's going on with them. Yeah, like, like unless if she honestly believes that, like, a kid, like, a, a, like, and if, if she honestly believed that, like, I don't know, Ryan was a threat to Marissa, I feel like she would, she would more like to, I don't know, call the police yeah. or tell his parents. Or tell her parents. But like, tell like, a parent. Marissa, come into my room alone and let me talk to you about this boy you're dating. As a 16-year-old, I know you can use this information appropriately and not overreact. Like, the Bolivar thing I could have understood because she'd be like, just so you know, Bolivar has had problems in the past with girls that he's been um, infatuated with. And we don't want... We, we want to make sure you're clear with him yeah. about your relationship or whatever. Yes. But instead of being like, hey, Ryan's a bad kid. Like, what are you doing? Like, Dean, <laughs> you were actually cool for a while. Yeah, and now you've wrecked it. <sighs> You done went you're and done wrecked, wrecked it. it. So if you like that, you should uh, should give us a rating, a review, a subscription, something on uh, something on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, or you can also hit us up on some social medias. Yes. All of our social media is appropriately branded the same. It's Podcast Moa. Podcast MOA. Uh, you can also check uh, check. You can send us an email. Check your own email. <laughs> Maybe we've emailed you. We've emailed you. That'd be weird. <laughs> you have an email us first. We've just found you. We're just sending emails out into the night and hoping one lands on it's one of our listeners. It's a spam bot at that point. It's true. We're not a spam bot. Uh, but you can send us an email. That's podcastmoa at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. And here's a fun review. Um, last night we were talking about Riverdale and the OC at the party we were at. Yes. And I got a text message from Claire's sister last night that was like, I had so much fun hanging out with you. You and your brother are so funny. So that's not a comment on our podcast. That's just a comment on us in general. Well, she wanted the podcast name so she could listen to it because okay. we were so funny. So, so Claire's sister, when you reach episode 33... You're gonna know what you're gonna know what's up. You're gonna remember this. You're gonna know what you're gonna know the exact day this was <laughs> recorded on. <laughs> How will Kirsten and Julie work together? Will Ryan be kicked out of school? Will Caleb ever get his photos of the OC? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>